Welcome. We are so thankful that you're joining us today on our podcast, Our Shared Humanity. Our show is sponsored by the Healing and Reconciliation Institute, and also through the donations and support of our listeners. Our show amplifies and celebrates the personal stories and teachings of healing and reconciliation in order to invoke our shared humanity. Each month, we welcome a guest to our show where we learn more about their personal commitment to the healing and reconciliation, the teachings that have helped them in their voyage, and the hopeful stories of healing and reconciliation circles that are happening all over our country and the world. We welcome you to join us by subscribing to our podcast and also check out our organization's website, healingreconciliationinstitute.org. Please also consider making a donation when you listen in to sustain our work and to honor the contributions of elders who have shared their teachings with all of us today. Cause now's your time We don't have to hide Anymore cause now's the time uh, We are welcoming today Christina Castro Autumn Billy of Three Sisters Collective um, To our circle for this conversation And we welcome you all to today's gathering and recording And uh we're, we're opening up this conversation. And, and what we thought we'd do today is just ask uh, for any of you to go ahead and introduce yourself. And uh, we'll just invite you to take the floor however you'd like. I'll go ahead and start since I, I know you, Maya. Um, my name's Christina Marie Castro. Um, professionally, I am Dr. Christina Marie Castro. Um, I am Jemez Pueblo, Taos Pueblo, and Chicana. Um, I am some other indigenous tribes as well, but I don't know really enough about them um, to really uh, get too deep into them. But um, yes, I'm one of the co-founders of Three Sisters Collective. I'm a mother. Um, I am an activist, social organizer, uh, homeschooling mom, uh, lover of life and learning. And I have a consulting business, uh, uh, Castro, excuse me, Castro Consulting LLC. And I do everything from curriculum development to event planning, to organizing, to legislative lobbying, you name it. Thank you. I'll pass the mic. Um, hello, everybody. I am Autumn Rose Billy, and I am a co-founder of Three Sisters Collective. I'm also a film and media production major at Arizona State University, where I am currently studying um, filmmaking and generally having an interest of uh, digital storytelling. I also support and advocate uh, environmental and social justice uh, issues in Santa Fe and surrounding communities such as um, Albuquerque and Northern New Mexico. I've taken a general interest in that and also supporting um, any fellow organizers or folks that are interested in uh, doing work with us as Three Sisters Collective. So that's kind of the stuff that I do. And I'm also facilitate and also just 
a big fan of the Native youth and just being a person that advocates for their voice and supporting them in various ways um, from sharing different opportunities to listening to holding space for them. And I'm really curious to learn more about Three Sisters Collective and particularly for our, our listeners. Can you share what is the mission of the Three Sisters Collective? The most simplest when I they say what do you do it's like we uh, art activism education community building that's kind of what I I my quadrant amazing I I feel like that can cover a lot and my understanding is it does like you all are involved in a lot of projects through Three Sisters Collective can you say a little bit about what the collective's current focus is and um, that you want to share with us and with our audience um, I can do that. Um, so um, our most excited for me, this uh, farm project we're working on is really exciting um, because um, our city has been trying to initiate this healing and reconciliation um, with, um, as a result of, I think there was some events that happened I don't know exactly what year the Entrada stuff really popped off, maybe three or four years ago. Um, and, and that's a whole thing that the silly city celebrates the Hispanic, basically um, the Hispanic colonization or Spanish colonization of the city of Santa Fe. And it was kind of an annual event that uh, several years back, many activists um, um, started protesting. And, and so as a result of that, they did uh, stop that reenactment of what they called the bloodless conquest of Northern New Mexico um, after the Pueblo revolt where the Pueblo people pushed the Spaniards back down to what is now like El Paso area. So uh, there was this reenactment, this annual reenactment. And um, as a result of all the drama that uh, resulted with indigenous activists saying enough is enough with this stuff, um, the city kept trying to initiate this healing or reconciliation process which has never really happened and so they kind of put a new stamp on it over the last year with the events of last year with with the monuments coming down some are still half down half up and some are still here and um they have rebranded it as chart which is an acronym for like community healing art something another and so what i had this uh, i think there was this realization that i personally had that the healing and reconciliation for the people is is a people-led movement and um and it's really rooted in building community through maybe recognizing and revisiting our, our um, traditional, like original understandings, original processes and engagements with the earth. Um, that's another part of this land back. We talk about land back. So it's even uh, a reconnection that we're making even as indigenous people with the land. So because of COVID too, we haven't been able to go into our tribal communities. So it, it's, um, I really liked what Autumn Billy said recently about, hey, we're kind of stuck here in Santa Fe. And this is actually, you know, Autumn Billy grew up here. I didn't grow up here, but it's like, oh, I guess if we're gonna be here, we really should start connecting in a deeper way with the actual land here. And 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 um, that's that reconnection is something I'm really interested in and um, planting. And what did, what did we do as Hispanic and indigenous people for many, many years, we farmed together and shared seeds and traditions and stories. So I'm really looking at that, um, this, this farm, a community-based farm as being the um, kind of counter narrative to not only what the city can't do because they don't have the rooted connection uh, or in the city leadership, 
um, but really looking to our original instructions as Pueblo people as a means for the healing and reconciliation that is so badly needed in this community, so badly. Just trying to understand what we've been taught by our parents, um, by the communities we were raised in about our place here on this land and what rematriation might teach us um, is just an open inquiry in my own learning. In terms of how rematriation shows up on the land in Santa Fe um, in this full circle farm, uh, what is what is it what is it meant um, in terms of your personal practice and what are you learning personally about what rematriation means to you? I would like to tie it into what we consider part of our work to do is rematriation. So I think that's kind of for me what makes in the rematriation different from feminism too is because of our um, historic connection to our land bases as indigenous peoples. So um, part of um, like, so it's, it's like a indigenous um, counter narrative to white feminism or feminism is because um, we're also repairing relations with, with the land. And that's part of, I think our work as indigenous women is bridging that connection or reclaiming that connection which also ties into like reproductive justice and the reviving of the um, of midwifery in our communities and reclaiming that uh, feminine and female knowledge that was uh, denied to us for, for too many years um, so um, yeah so when I talk about we talk about rematriation um, I think it's definitely rooted in a, a connection to the earth and, and, and re in the healing that needs to come um, that we need to give to Mother Earth, but also that we, re we receive. It's a reciprocal relationship that we're also engaging and teaching others. So that comes into allyship, right? So, you know, as we, we learn, it's our responsibility to teach others how to reconnect with the land that they're occupying, that we're all sharing um, here in Santa Fe too. And that, that's, I think this is the movement. This is for me, the the movement. It's not so much a frontline endeavor anymore. It's rebuilding community. And then if you look at history and um, colonialism, it's always an attack on our families. I mean, look at what's happening on the border. It's always, whether it's boarding school policy or the relocation programs of the 50s, it's always an attack on the institution and the fabric of our families. So the work that we need to be doing right now, while we have our beloved elders who still know those traditions and knowledges, is to really be connecting and learning how to replant those seeds. I would also love to add on to more about that in terms of what can be interpreted as those original instructions to reestablish our understanding of who we are and who we're connected to here. Because I recently had a interesting Facebook message come to me personally and it was another person in Santa Fe that lived here and he lived here and I remember him because I grew up here and I remember him being in similar spaces as me when I grew up here but he suddenly just kind of dropped this um, like sudden mural project on me and I didn't really have time to process because it's been an interesting uh, past few weeks just because of um, processing what's happened to us in the past year and also just with my family and personal things so I took my time replying to this person because it's evident that we're always consistently in the similar circles or similar realms of like art and mural making right and also just community-based uh, projects. 
I basically called him in and this was my first attempt and it worked out well but I think what came out of that was also me trying to like firsthand navigate what Christina or Dr. Castro was explaining about um, meeting us and feeling this need to reestablish our connection to people but also understanding that you know relationships are built and we are not entitled the, per- the people aren't entitled to that relationship to me. I'm not entitled to that relationship to them. We're not entitled to the relationship of the land as well. There always has to be communication first. And more importantly, communication in the realms of introductions and consent and permission. And that's kind of what I found out. I realized what was happening because I kind of just called him on his stuff. And I said, first of all, <laughs> you, you introduced yourself to me and I introduced myself back culturally and that's what we just happened right now right in this conversation Carrie and I are from Diné um, tribes and we have clan systems and out of respect for um, representing not just ourselves but when we speak upon that introduction we speak upon the mothers that held those clans before us and how we're related to them and maybe maybe there's other people listening that are related to us through those clans and that's why it's important to share that and so I told him that I I didn't even get it. Like you didn't even introduce yourself. Like you literally just like hit me up in the DMs and just said like, hey, can you help me with this thing? And then what uh, shocked me more was realizing that he was living outside of the country and he was just kind of grabbing all these well-known BIPOC names and just kind of pushing them into a Facebook group and sharing that, hey, uh, we're gonna do this thing together. (laughs) I was like, no, we're not. (laughs) And so that was my concern. My concern, is when people seek out diversity, they just pull upon these people and names and organizations that they know um, without even really concerning uh, what the uh, intentional relationship and the genuine relationship looks like or what, how can that be started? And that could be simply saying hello or I hope you're doing well and kind of just coming forth with that and that transparency and being brave enough to be vulnerable and to say, I hope your families are happy and healthy right now because it's been such a raw, a long year. And that's kind of what I've been noticing that I've been bringing up a lot is when my friends uh, come through and have the energy and the time to be talking to me, people I haven't talked to in a long time. That, that's kind of the first thing that I share is like, first of all, I hope that you're doing well and I hope that your families are doing well right now. And I think that needs to be set forth to the table first because we have reached an intense nationwide traumatic event happening and people fleeted, literally. People literally leaving the, this area, people um, fighting and just dealing with staying at home all the time. And that needs to be, you know, acknowledged. We just can't act like everything's fine right now, right? I mean, yeah maybe you're having a good day and you feel good I know that my relatives felt good about planting this morning and being out in the sun and I I was kind of like sad I couldn't join them but I was doing some more important things uh with my health as well right taking care and getting vaccinated but that was one of the things that was brought up and so I guess that's kind of my message here is that give that acknowledgement and space for that to happen Wow, thanks for sharing all of that, Autumn. I, it's so beautiful to hear this connection between um, what Christina was talking about around needing to build relationship to the earth and build relationship to place and community 
and this idea of healing and reconciliation it, as as it comes from the people and then autumn you really bringing it to this this place of just how important it is to hold the now of people's experiences and the relational pieces of um, consent and introduction and honoring one another's um, needs in this moment and boundaries and and then kind of full circle back to how that relates to this project on the land and how um, how all of those different pieces are connected with dealing with these like historical harms to the to the current moment and then this project bringing together an opportunity to start sowing relationship. I was just going to say if there's um, final closing thoughts and Dr. Castro, please feel free. Oh, is that it? Oh, gosh. Um, I want to say this also ties into MMIW, right? So missing and murdered indigenous relatives. So um, I think that the you have lots of people working in this issue from a variety from legislative policy to Deb Hallen, you know, is, is making that a huge part of her platform as Secretary of the Interior to grassroots groups uh, like missing and murdered Diné relatives who have just, you know, compiled, they just spend time compiling their relatives and making that information available. So to me, um, this this reconciliation too and rebuilding our communities and rebuilding our women rebuilding the sisterhood and relearning our ceremonies that's gonna that's the antidote the anti-venom to part of the anti-venom work to the issue of mmiw which is also a result of extraction of the earth and and you know where you see the extractive industries proliferating you see um issues around mmiw um, proliferating as well because the impact on these uh, communities whether it's the tar sands or up in uh, the Dakotas or even the fracking that goes on in the four corners you, you see the rise of sex trafficking and drugs and alcohol and all the social ills coming to a trifecta that creates these uh, avenues for our people to be used or disappeared or discarded and then, of course, you have the legal jurisdictional boundaries that um, prevent non-tribal members from being persecuted for these crimes on tribal nations. So um, as we rebuild our communities um, in this way, there's, there's lots of ways to address MMIW. But I also think that um, the work we do in building our people and our women and our communities and sharing stories and, you know, shoveling poop today manure at the farm uh, is all a part of the rebuilding and rematriation and the healing. And, and that to me is a practical um, way that we can address MMIW from a very grassroots perspective is uh, healing on so many levels. So, and, and I say that because New Mexico has the highest rate of missing and murdered indigenous folks and women. So how are we rebuilding our communities to withstand extractive industries to whether we stand up to them whether we get, elect people into power that can advocate for our, our land and sacred spaces, uh, whether we provide low or no cost education to uh, and, and programming to women and, re and working in the farm. And see, these are all different tentacles to, to these are the anti-venoms to the colonial extractive project that has always taken, taken our women it's a byproduct. It's it's an acceptable byproduct of colonialism and capitalism and MIW as it stands now. It's always been happening. It's happening all throughout the Americas. So the more we can rebuild our women, you're seeing these movements in Mexico. You're seeing them taking over these um, government buildings. You're seeing the femicide, they call it in Mexico, 
in in the big protests going on in the Zocalo in the recent weeks to the work that we're doing here in northern New Mexico. This movement is is um, ongoing and it has different names, but it's always been there. And we will we will continue to to take that issue on as indigenous women and mothers because we have to. <laughs> we don't have a choice. Dr. Castro and I, I was really um, resonating on uh, what has come up for us in our conversations with non-Indigenous people. We offer courses to those that are trying to be in right relations with Indigenous communities. Um, and when we're when we're teaching the course and we're guiding folks through a process, we often start with um, how consent shows up in their own families, right? This, this idea of taking um, of land and taking of, of people and, uh, and the modern day slavery that, that is so hard for many of us to hold in our, our mind as an existence today. Um, we can look at our families and how we were raised um, to see how we are conditioned to, to not, um, to not uh, honor consent, to turn blind eye and to um, disassociate and not pay attention to um, those around us who commit and these harmful behaviors. Um, and there's so many ways that, that we see that show up in, in families and how families uh, teach their children. Um, and where the responsibility lies in our families with us, this work as well. And so I, I'm really appreciating the guidance uh, and the and, and the, the area um, of practice um, that you're speaking to, Dr. Castro. And and I'm also witnessing the humility of of, of how that has um, been taught um, to those of us. We call it the you know social contract of whiteness. What what is it that you sign up for when you say you're going to be white in a non-indigenous space? So I appreciate. Um, saying that's at the center because we have also invited uh, non-indigenous folks to say you know what is it that is holding keeping you from paying attention to modern day slavery and trafficking happening today um, in honor of murder missing indigenous women and girls and what is it that is keeping you from remembering and acting in service um, of addressing this issue immediately yes thank you all of you for those insights and and just the clarity uh which the importance of this conversation and the importance of the awareness and um, where the accountability lies and the, the much work that needs to be done. I am grateful that you all are building what you are building <laughs> and that we have had the opportunity to talk with you and learn from you, leaving this conversation really feeling just so fired up about the work that there is to do in um, all of our different communities and just how um, how urgent it truly is. Um, and in that also holding this desire for not not let, losing that piece of the, rela the relational piece for myself, you know, I really kind of back to, to the opening around um, building, rebuilding our relationships to one another and ourselves in our own communities around us and in the earth. Indigenous people, shine your light, we are equal. I remember the days when our prayers were illegal. I remember the days when being Indian was lethal. This podcast is copyrighted 2021, the Healing and Reconciliation Institute. Music by Lila June Johnson and Lauren Monroe. Technical direction by Alice McGowan and edited by Hunter Wentworth. 
administration support by Evelyn and Alicia, and of course our advisor circle, and myself and Brianna Bellamy as your hosts. Thank you for listening. If you would like to provide a reciprocal gift of thanks for listening, please feel free to donate on our website using the Donate Now button and mention our guest in your donation form.